chapter seven of fifty years ago by walter besant this librivox recording is in the public domain in society as to society in eighteen thirty seven contemporary commentators differ for according to some society was always gambling running away with each other's wives causing and committing scandals or whispering them the men were spendthrifts and profligates the women extravagant and heartless of course the same things would be said and are sometimes said of the present day and will be said in all following ages because to the ultra virtuous or to the satirist who trots out the old stale worn-out sham indignation or to the isn't it awful gaping gobe-mouche every generation seems worse than all those which preceded it we know the tag and the burden and the weariness of the old song as for myself i am no indignant satirist and the news that certain young gentlemen have been sitting up all night playing baccarat drinking champagne and carrying on after the fashion of youth in all ages does not greatly agitate my soul or surprise me or lash me into virtuous indignation not at all at the same time if one must range oneself and take a side one may imitate the example of benjamin disraeli and declare for the side of the angels and once a declared follower of that army one may be allowed to rejoice that things are vastly improved in the space of two generations of this there can be no doubt making easy allowance for exaggeration and refusing to see depravity in a whole class because there are one or two cases that the world calls shocking and reads eagerly it is quite certain that there is less of everything that should not be than there used to be less in proportion and even less in actual extent the general tone in short the general manners of society have very much improved of this i say again there can be no doubt let any one for instance read lady blessington's victims of society though there is an unreal ring about this horrid book so that one cannot accept it for a moment as a faithful picture of the times such a book could not now be written at all it would be impossible let us sing of lighter themes take for instance the great subject of swagger there is still swagger even in these days cavalry officers in garrison towns are still supposed to swagger eton boys swagger in their own little village undergraduates swagger the putting on of side by the way is a peculiarly modern form of swagger it is the assumption of certain qualities and powers which are considered as deserving of respect swagger fifty years ago was a coarser kind of thing officers swaggered men of rank swaggered men of wealth swaggered gentlemen and military frogs there are no longer any military frogs swaggered in taverns clubs and in the streets the adoption of quiet manners the wearing of rank with unobtrusive dignity the possession of wealth without ostentation of wit without the desire to be 
always showing it these are points in which we are decidedly in advance of our fathers there was a great deal of cuff and collar stock and breastpin about the young fellows of the day they were oppressive in their gallantry in public places they asserted themselves they were loud in their talk in order to understand the young man of the day one may study the life and career of that gay and gallant gentleman the count d'orsay model and paragon for all young gentlemen of his time they were louder in their manners and in their conversation they were insulting especially the wits things were said by these gentlemen even in a duelling age which would be followed in these days by a violent personal assault in fact the necessity of fighting a duel if you kicked a man seems to have been the cause why men were constantly allowed to call each other by implication fool ass knave and so forth so very disagreeable a thing was it to turn out in the early morning in order to be shot at that men stood anything rather than subject themselves to it consider the things said by douglas gerald for instance they are always witty of course but they are often mere insults yet nobody seems ever to have fallen upon him and not only this kind of thing was permitted but things of the grossest taste passed unrebuked for instance only a few years before our period at holland house not at a club or a tavern or a tap-room but actually at holland house the most refined and cultured place in london the following conversation once passed they were asking who was the worst man in the whole of history a most unprofitable question and one man after the other was proposed among the company present was the prince regent himself i said sydney smith no other than sydney smith if you please have always considered the duke of orleans regent of france to have been the worst man in all history and he looking at the illustrious guest was a prince a dead silence followed broken by the prince himself for my own part he said i have always considered that he was excelled by his tutor the abbe dubois and he was a priest mr sidney considering the reputation of the prince and the kind of life he was generally supposed to be leading one can hardly believe that any man would have had the impudence and the bad taste to make such a speech we will constantly hear in the modern school for scandal remarks concerning the honour the virtue the cleverness the ability the beauty the accomplishments of our friends but it is behind their backs we no longer try to put the truth openly before them we stab them in the back but we no longer attack in front one ought not to stab at all but the back is a portion of the frame which feels nothing so far the change is a distinct gain society again fifty years ago was exclusive you belonged to society or you did not there was no overlapping there were no circles which intersected and if you were in society you went to almack's if you did not go to almack's you might be a very interesting praiseworthy well-bred creature but you could not claim to be in society nothing could be more simple therefore everybody ardently desired to be seen at almack's this however was not in everybody's power almack's for instance was far more 
exclusive than the court riff-raff might go to court but they could not get to almack's for at its gates there stood not one angel with a fiery sword but six in the shape of english ladies terrible in turbans splendid in diamonds magnificent in satin and awful in rank they were the ladies jersey londonbury cowper brownlow willoughby daresby and euston these ladies formed the dreaded committee they decided who should be admitted within the circle all applications had to be made direct to them no one was allowed to bring friends those who desired to go to the balls heavens what lady did not ardently desire were obliged to send in a personal request to be allowed the honour not only this but they were also obliged to send for the answer which took the form of a voucher that is a ticket or a simple refusal from which there was no appeal gentlemen were admitted in the same way and by the same mode of application as the ladies in their case it is pleasing to add some regard was paid to character as well as to birth and rank so that if a man openly and flagrantly insulted society he was supposed not to be admitted but one asked with some trembling how far such rigour would be extended towards a young and unmarried duke almack was a sort of royal academy of society the academic diploma being represented by the admitted candidate's pedigree his family connections and his family shield the heart-burnings jealousies and maddening envies caused by this exclusive circle were i take it the cause of its decline and fall trade even of the grandest and most successful kind even in the persons of the grandchildren had no chance whatever no self-made man was admitted in fact it was not recognized that a man could make himself either he belonged to a good family or he did not genius was not considered at all admission to almack's was like admission to the order of the garter because it pretended no nonsense about merit wives and daughters of simple country squires judges bishops generals admirals and so forth knew better than to apply the intrigues backstairs influence solicitation of friends were as endless at almack's as the intrigues at the admiralty to procure promotion admission could not however be bought so far the committee were beyond suspicion and beyond reproach it was whispered to be sure that there was favouritism awful word put yourself in the position if you have imagination enough of a young and beautiful debutante admission to almax means for you that you can see your right and title clear to a coronet what will you not do what cringing supplication adulation hypocrisies to secure that card and oh the happiness the rapture of sending to willis's rooms and finding a card waiting for you and the misery and despair of receiving instead the terrible letter which told you without reason assigned that the ladies of the committee could not grant your request they were not expensive gatherings the tickets being only seven shillings sixpence each which did not include supper dancing began at eleven to the strains of wipert's and colonnay's band the balls were held in the great room at willis's and the space reserved for the dancers was roped round the two favourite dances were the valse and the gallop the sprightly gallopod as it was called quadrilles were also danced it may be interesting to those who have kept the old music to learn that in the year eighteen thirty six the favourite quadrilles were l'éclair and la tête de bronze and the favourite valse was la remède contre le sommeil 
they had also strauss's waltzes the decline and fall of almack's was partly caused by the favouritism which not only kept the place exclusive but excluded more than was politic the only chance for the continued existence of such an institution is that it should be constantly enlarging its boundaries just as the only chance for the continued existence of such an aristocracy as ours is that it should be always admitting new members somehow the kind of small circle which shall include only the creme de la creme is always falling to pieces we hear of a club which is to contain only the very noblest but in a year or two it has ceased to exist or it is like all other clubs moreover a great social change has now passed over the country the stockbroker to speak in allegory has got into society respect for rank fifty years ago universal and profound is rapidly decaying there are still many left who believe in some kind of superiority by divine right and the sovereign's gift of rank even though that rank be but ten years old and the grandfather's shop is still remembered we do not pretend to believe any longer that rank by itself makes people cleverer more moral stronger more religious or more capable but some of us still believe that in some unknown way it makes them superior these thinkers are getting fewer and the decay of agriculture which promises to continue and increase assists the decay of respect for rank because such an aristocracy as that of these islands when it becomes poor becomes contemptible the position of women social and intellectual has wholly changed nothing was heard then of women's equality nothing of women's suffrage there were no women on boards there were none who lectured and spoke in public there were few who wrote seriously women regarded themselves and spoke of themselves as inferior to men in understanding as they were in bodily strength their case is not likely to be understated by one of themselves hear therefore what mrs john sanford nowadays she would have been mrs ethel sanford or mrs christian and maiden name sanford says upon her sisters it is in a book called woman in her social and domestic character there is something unfeminine in independence it is contrary to nature and therefore it offends a really sensible woman feels her dependence she does what she can but she is conscious of inferiority and therefore grateful for support the italics are mine in everything that women attempt they should show their consciousness of dependence they should remember that by them influence is to be obtained not by assumption but by a delicate appeal to affection or principle women in this respect are something like children the more they show their need of support the more engaging they are the appropriate expression of dependence is gentleness the whole work is executed in this spirit the keynote being the inferiority of woman heavens with what a storm would such a book be now received in the year eighteen thirty five herr raumer the german historian visited england and made a study of the english people which he afterwards published from this book one learns a great deal concerning the manners of the time for instance he went to a dinner-party given by a certain noble lord at which the whole service was of silver a silver hot-water dish being placed under every plate the dinner lasted until midnight and the german guest drank too much wine though he missed most of the healths 
it was then the custom at private dinner parties to go on drinking healths after dinner and to sit over the wine till midnight he goes to an at home at lady a's almost all the men he tells us were dressed in black coats black or coloured waistcoats and black or white cravats of what colour were the coloured waistcoats and of what colour the coats which were not black and how were the other men dressed perhaps one or two may have been bishops in evening dress now the evening dress of a bishop used to be blue i once saw a bishop dressed all in blue he was a very aged bishop and it was at a city company's dinner and i was told it had formerly been the evening dress of bishops but was now only worn by the most ancient among them herr rumor mentions the countless carriages in hyde park and observes that no one could afford to keep a carriage who had not three thousand pounds a year at least and at fashionable dances he observed that they danced nothing but waltzes the english ladies he finds beautiful and of the men he observes that the more they eat and drink the colder they become because they drank port no doubt under the influence of which though the heart glows more and more there comes a time when the brow clouds and the speech thickens and the tongue refuses to act the dinners were conducted on primitive principles except in great houses where the meat and game were carved by the butler everything was carved on the table the host sat behind the haunch of mutton and helped with zeal the guests took the ducks the turkey the hare and the fowls and did their part conscious of critical eyes a dinner was a terrible ordeal for a young man who perhaps found himself called upon to dissect a pair of ducks he took up the knife with burning cheeks and perspiring nose now at last an impostor one who knew not the ways of polite society would be discovered he began to feel for the joints while the cold eyes of his hostess gazed reproachfully upon him ladies in those days knew good carving and could carve for themselves perhaps he had with a ghastly grin to confess that he could not find those joints then the dish was removed and given to another guest a horribly self-reliant creature who laughed and talked while he dexterously sliced the breast and cut off the legs if in his agony the poor wretch would take refuge in the bottle he had to wait until some one invited him to take wine horrible tyranny the dinner-table was ornamented with a great epergne of silver or glass after dinner the cloth was removed showing the table deep in colour lustrous well waxed and the gentleman began real business with the bottle after the ladies had gone very little need be said about the court it was then in the hands of a few families it had no connection at all with the life of the country which went on as if there were no court at all it is strange that in these fifty years of change the court should have altered so little now as then the court neither attracts nor attempts to attract any of the leaders in art science or literature now as then the court is a thing apart from the life of the country for the best class of all those who are continually advancing the country in science or keeping alight the sacred lamp of letters who are scholars architects engineers artists poets authors journalists who are the merchant adventurers of modern times who are the preachers and teachers the court simply does not exist one states the fact without comment but it should be stated and it should be clearly understood the whole of those men who in this generation maintain the greatness of our country in the ways where alone greatness is desirable or memorable except in arms the only men of this generation whose memories will live and adorn the victorian era are strangers to the court it seems a great pity an ideal court should be the centre of everything art letters science all as for the rest of society how the people had drums and routs and balls 
how they angled for husbands how they were hollow and unnatural and so forth you may read about it in the pages of thackeray and i for one have never been able to understand how thackeray got his knowledge of these exclusive circles instead of dancing at almack's he was taking his chop and stout at the cock instead of gambling at crockford's he was writing copy for any paper which would take it when and where did he meet miss newcombe and lady q and lord steyne perhaps he wrote of them by intuition as disraeli wrote the young duke my son sir said the elder disraeli proudly has never i believe even seen a duke one touch more there is before me a beautiful solemn work one in which the writer feels his responsibilities almost too profoundly it is on no less important a subject than etiquette containing rules for the conduct of life on the most grave and serious occasions i permit myself one or two extracts familiarity is the greatest vice of society when an acquaintance says my dear fellow cut him immediately never enter your own house without bowing to every one you may meet there never ask a lady any questions about anything whatever if you have drunk wine with every one at the table and wish for more heavens more and after drinking with every one at the table wait till the cloth is removed never permit the sanctity of the drawing-room to be violated by a boot End of chapter seven